Hi Olivia. This is me Hi. Nadia and I'm from zenonco.io. We uh, zenonco.io and Love Heals Cancer. We guide cancer patients on adopting an integrated oncological treatment approach. We help them find the right balance between mainstream treatment and complementary treatment approaches. We help patients with our team of oncologists, lab experts, nutritionists and other healthcare professionals so that we can improve the overall treat- treatment outcome of the patient, correct? Yeah. So we also help in connecting patients with other cancer warriors like yourself here, you know. Uh we have gone through this journey to address their queries as much as possible and today we have Olivia to share her inspirational journey and motivate cancer warriors who are going through such a journey like this. Olivia, Olivia, you can take it from here. You can take it. The whole world is listening to you. Go for it. This is your story. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really uh honored to be here. I'm grateful to be here. You know, I look at um I look at life so differently now. Um and I really I look at every single day as a blessing. Um I I feel like every morning that I open my eyes, um I really the first thing that I always say when I wake up is thank you god for another day. This is how I start every single morning. Gratitude. Yes, with gratitude, with gratitude. So, um that's the first thing I want to say. So, thank you for having me. Um No, no, it, ma'am. It's an honor. <laughs> so, I'm you want me to jump right into the story right away? <laughs> Any, anything that you're comfortable with. Anything that you're comfortable with. Yeah. Okay. So, a little bit about me. Um you're you're calling me uh from India and I'm all the way on the other side of the world. I live in the New York City and New Jersey area. Wow. They're right next to each other. Um and I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia. So I'm here in the United States. Um I grew up as a uh, professional dancer. Um I was always very very active. So I was going to performing arts school i was an artist i was creative um i was always involved in ballroom dancing ballet jazz modern hip hop like every type of dance style um and so i was very physical and the reason i stress this in the beginning is that i very much identified as a young person to my body and i identified that I am my body. Exactly. And um this was pretty much until I was 26 years old because everything about my identification process came from the outside. Things I started haven't we all been there. Haven't we yeah. all been there? <laughs> yes. Yes. Um I believe that when you are young there's a there's a mentality that you're invincible mm-hmm. and i also mm-hmm. believe that when you are in the industry of entertainment i lived um i live now like i mentioned in new york and new jersey area but i also used to live in california so these two states um are very very focused on appearance so I was in the industry. I danced for many different artists, big artists, Jennifer Lopez, Madonna. I was um in the NFL. I was a cheerleader. Well, I wasn't in the NFL. I wasn't a football player, but I I was a cheerleader for the NFL. 
Um, and the reason I, I say all of this is because everything had to do with appearance. Um, and I was, I was doing very well in my career all the way up until 26. And for my 26th birthday, I was right in the middle of filming. I did 17 videos with Madonna. We were getting oh ready. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. We were doing a project with her called um, Hard Candy. And it was a workout series video. And we did 17 videos in three days. And I vividly remember this because we had to wear, um, we had to wear like all white at one point. And I looked down and I noticed there was blood on the inside of my shirt. And I thought to myself, this is very strange. But I, I ran to the bathroom. I looked down and I, I washed it off. It was coming from my nipple. And I washed it off. I ran right back outside and I kept dancing. I kept going. And this was kind of what I was used to. If you feel pain, you just keep going. If, um, you know, if you're tired, you just push harder. This is very uh, typical in New York. I don't know how it is there, but we are trained like almost like soldiers. You know, you just, you keep going, keep going, keep going. The show can... must go on. The show must go on. Yes. Let's <laughs> go on. So this was kind of my mentality. I was not listening. I was not listening. My body was sending me a sign. You know, I was bleeding. I was literally bleeding, but I was not listening. So um, that night I went home and I started to experience something very different. Uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and my whole body was drenched with sweat. And okay. I thought it was because I had been dancing so much. Okay. Still not recognizing. This was the second sign that I was receiving. Did not listen. And for about three more days, this continued. I kept bleeding from the nipple and I kept having nighttime sweats. And after about three days, I said, okay, this is not normal. And so I went to the doctor. And when I went to the doctor, they told me um, a few things. They said, number one, how old are you? I said, mm -hmm. 26. Number two, are you a smoker? I said, no. Number three, do you have family history? I said, no. So because of that, they did not want to give me a mammogram. Okay. And they gave me a biopsy. When they gave me a biopsy, they saw that I only had stage zero breast cancer. But okay. I didn't feel right. Like on the inside, something was telling me, don't leave the hospital. There's something wrong. You got and, that's what it was. Yes. And I and I went back to that same doctor and I said, listen, there's something going on. I woke up three nights in a row, all sweaty. My nipple is bleeding. I really want you guys to check me out further. So they finally ordered the mammogram and they had to do three different readings three times because I had very dense uh, breast tissue at that time. Um, so they did it three times. And on the third time, the radiologist actually came out of the office and she looks at me and she says, do you have someone here with you? And as soon as the words came from her mouth, I just felt my heart stop. And I said, no. And she said, well, you might need to call someone. And so I called my mom and my mom came to the hospital in about 20 minutes and as soon as my mom walked in the hospital, 
She didn't say one word to me. She just grabbed my hand. And I just remember, I remember that white little robe that I had to wear in the waiting room. And it was so cold in there. And she grabbed my hand and she said, are you okay? And I just whispered under my voice and I said, no. And I just knew, I just knew that there was something wrong. So they brought both of us into the, um, the radiologist's office. And that's when they told me, they said, you have DCIS. And I didn't know what that was. It stood for ductal carcinoma in situ. Um, and it looked like a giant firework on my left breast. It looked like a huge firework. And next thing I knew, I was being called into um, like all these appointments. I had a team of five doctors. Um, they told me the left side is completely covered. The right side has nothing, but we recommend a double mastectomy. I didn't even know what this was. I was 26. The day before, I was dancing for Madonna. Um, I had no idea what a double mastectomy was, but I was going to find out. Mm -hmm. And so I just said, do what you have to do. Cut me where you have to cut me. Just get the cancer out. And so I went into what I thought was going to be a five-hour surgery. But while they were in surgery, they found a tumor on the right. And so it wound up being a 15-hour surgery. They they also found things in the lymph nodes on the left. So it was a 15-hour surgery. Um, I woke up. I had so much pain in my throat because I couldn't breathe from the tubes. Um, I had drains coming out of the side of my body. Um, And I just remember waking up saying, well, at least I still have my hair. (laughs) And then come to find out like a week later, the doctors removed the drains. And then they told me, you're actually going to have to go through chemo too. Because of how much they cut, they were worried that things had spread through the body. So I continued through chemo. Um, I did four rounds of chemo. And, uh, before I did chemo, I actually froze my eggs at that Mm. time. Um, and this, this all happened between, um, August of 2015 to November of 2015. So it was very fast. It was like, boom, boom, boom. The dance studio and the stage and TV was my life one day and the hospital and my bed was my life the next day. Um, life does that to you sometimes yeah yeah we are proving you wrong always yeah so Mm. um that was kind of my my journey you know and it's 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 interesting like working backwards right now um going back to 2015 how it I can really just I'm going on a trip right now as I'm as I'm speaking about it, but amazing, amazing healing, being able to let it out. And, you know, at that time, I will say this, the one thing that's really important at that time, I remember looking at this mountain in front of me thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get up that mountain, but you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And I think you just, 
have to really, 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 really get good at speaking to that mountain, speaking to it every single day. Like, you know, um, I'm sure we have many different types of viewers on here. Um, I, I'm a Christian, but I believe, you know, um, where, whatever your belief is, like wherever you find your hope from, yes. that's, you know, whatever helps you um, is, you know, I just know where I've gotten some of my hope from, but the Bible talks about speaking to your mountains and that mountain will move. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. every day I would just, I would speak life over myself and speaking hope and speaking love, like the name of your show, you know, love heals. And yes. it's constantly speaking words of life and love and hope. So that's one of the big things that I would I would say before I continue, because I've already said a lot. I'm sorry. I'm just yeah, like, that, that's okay. This is your story. It is your time to say as much as you want. Please, we are all listening to you. It's very interesting, by the way. Very interesting. Thank you. So um, do you want me to continue? Yes, or? I do. I do. <laughs> if you have any questions, just feel free to interrupt. Will do. So basically from there... Um, you know, I did, like I mentioned, I did the, the double mastectomy. I froze my eggs. Um, I went through the chemo, the first chemo, I still had my hair and I was like, look, I was like, I get to keep my hair. It's not working. I thought all my prayers were being answered. I was like, my prayers are the good prayers, you know? Um, I thought it was working, but by the second chemo, all of my hair started coming out. And this is actually kind of funny. Um, (laughs) I remember Googling uh, like young girls who had lost their hair. And as I'm Googling, all the photos of women going through chemo were not women who looked like me. They were all women who were like 45, 50, 55. And then if there were any young women who were bald, if I typed in young women bald, it was either like Britney Spears shaving <laughs> head or Natalie Portman, who was in a, in a famous American movie. Yes, yes. Yeah, but there was no one young. And I said, this is so unfair. Why is there no one who looks like me who's 26 at the time? And I said, we have to change this. So I called a friend of mine in New York and I said, hey, do you think I could shave my head on a big billboard in Times Square? so that people could see what a young person going through cancer looks like. And she said, yeah, let's do it. So I was able to shave my head on the NASDAQ uh, billboard. Wow, some crazy thing to do. (laughs) So they they did tell me I had a nice shaped head. I thought it looked like, (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) it was one of those moments where you're like laughing and crying at the same time. But uh, it was, it was very, very cool. Um, I mean, as a young person myself, I would completely agree. You do something so drastic to make them listen and make them hear that, oh no, I'm here. You watch me, you know? Yes. My thing was just, um, I think one of the most dangerous things that any of us can do is suffer in silence. Yeah. And I felt like, some of my darkest moments would happen when I, when I would come home, you know, I'm in the same room that I went through a lot of this 
process in when I wasn't in the hospital. And people would see me when I was out with my smile on. And, you know, I would always try to dress up. Even when I would go to the hospital, I would dress up. I would, even if I had no hair, I would put on a scarf or I would put on lipstick or I would put on big earrings and I would always dress up to go to the hospital. You know, and even my mom would say, like, why are you dressing up? Like, we're just going to the hospital. It was for me. It wasn't for them because I felt like if I looked good, I would feel good. And if if I looked sick, it was almost like I was allowing myself to be defeated. Yeah. Yes. Um, I people- love your attitude. I just love it. Like, even at that point, you knew exactly how to get through it. I mean, that's just the human spirit, you know, how you survive. Yeah. Yeah. That's how strong your attitude is. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) It's just, when I would come though, when I would come home and the other side of that to being human is that like, we, we are human, you know, and sometimes that, that vulnerability and that weakness comes out too. And so when I would come home and wash the makeup off and take the earrings off and I would have to walk past the mirror and I would see myself bald and, you know, with the circles under my eyes and I wouldn't recognize myself. And, and then I would get in bed and I would feel sick and I would be cold and, you know, I would, I would break down and I would cry and I would be like, what happened to that girl? And I can really tell you that was a turning point in my journey because what I talked about in the beginning, um, my, my identification was changing. My, my self-identification process was changing because as a woman to lose your breasts, right? Um, it's, it's not just your breasts. It's what they identify it's how you identify. It's part of your womanhood, you know, um, because it, it's also attached to the idea of being a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I even have kids yet, hopefully one day, uh, but it's just, it's even the idea of like, will I ever breastfeed? And now, and now you're being told, well, go freeze your eggs. So now you have this thought planted in your head of, will I be able to have kids? And now you lose your hair. And then I also lost my eyebrows and I lost my eyelashes. And I, I started dancing in time again, but there was a period where I couldn't dance. And so you're just laying in this bed and you're like, well, if I'm not my breasts and I'm not my hair and I'm not, I'm not a dancer anymore when that's all I've done my whole life, you start asking yourself the really hard question, which is, who am I? Yeah. You know, um, and I, I love this thing that my pastor always says to me. He says, we're not humans having a spiritual experience. We're spirits having a human experience. Mm. And I think that was the first time in my adult life that I understood that, that this is a, this is a precious spirit living in my body, you know, um, but, the, but the healing, the healing mm. time. You know, and I can remember this is going to sound so silly, but I can remember laying in bed at night and like hugging myself, you know, and and like I was crying and I would weep and like, 
but I embraced it and I would just hug myself and I, I would, I would love myself. And I would just be like, I'm sorry, we're going through this right now. Like, I'm sorry. I know this is hard, but like God is here and like, he's going to get us through this and you're not alone and we're going to heal. And this is a, this is a temple of healing. And this is a temple of, of love. And this is a temple of peace and anything that is dark is trespassing and it doesn't belong here. And if it's here, it's, it's going to leave and it's only going to be to shine God's glory that like you're a warrior. You know, and I think it's just really getting to that place of understanding that like the darkness, those moments will come, Mm -hmm. but you have to be able to embrace it because if you don't, if you don't, and you just always are like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Pretend. Yeah. And that winds up, what happens is that winds up showing up later on Mm -hmm. in in like bad behavior. Um, Yeah. And it surfaces later. And that's part of your healing. Part of your healing is being able to say like, I'm not okay right now, but I will be. Wow. Wow. I just love the way you've, you've explained it. I mean, you, you just told me exactly what helped you cope. Yeah. It's your Catholic faith. It's uh, the strong family background you come from, I feel. And yeah. could you tell us more about your caregivers? support system yes absolutely i'm just going to correct one one small thing so i would say i i wouldn't identify myself as catholic i would say it's more christian because catholic is a little bit more on the religious side and christian is more uh having like a personal relationship with right. with but right. that's that's totally fine i just want yeah. to make <laughs> that's no no issue no issue my bad sorry <laughs> it's okay it's okay um so when it comes to the caregivers, um, I would say that my mom would be the top of the, um, the top of the top of the stack. For oh, wow. that. Yeah. Um, my mom is just, she's everything to me. Like she, oh, it's hard to talk about her. <laughs> <laughs> um, the best way to describe my mother is probably a lion. My mom, mm-hmm. a lion for me. Like she, I feel like when I would just totally lose my voice, she would just roar with this mother's heart for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that put it, I mean, you said it, like she yeah. was your biggest strength. She was your rock. I feel. Yeah. She's, you know what it is? She had, when I, it's funny that I use the word, she would roar for me, but it was this, it was this roaring. The reason I chose a lion is because it's this, like this quiet roar, you know, like when I think about a, a lion, I think about like this dominant mother lion, just like, like she was always there and she always stood next to me. And, and I think about all the times in the hospital where like, she would just come next to me and just hold my hand or just put her hand here or just rub my hair, you know? And like, there were so many days where like, I couldn't even talk because I was just too sick or I was too sad or like, there was nothing to say, you know, there was just nothing to say. And it's 
it's just a mother's love where you're just like, you just know you're not alone. Yeah. And more or less, I mean, we can't, you can't really explain a mother's love. You just can't. It's just, how, how do you explain? <laughs> I mean, she, she was your uh, biggest caregiver. She was your, um, she was there by your side throughout. I, I mean, as a mother to see her own child go through something like this would have been so hard on her herself. Right. You know, right. so she really took it up on herself. Yeah. I mean, she brushed my teeth. She bathed me at one point. Um, yeah. You know, she, <laughs> I made her do my makeup the first day. <laughs> first day that I woke up in the hospital and I'll send you pictures later. This was before my hair. The first thing I say to her after surgery is, Ma, grab my makeup bag. <laughs> I mean, She's like, me, I could not even do this with my hands because they cut me so deep. They cut me so deep here that I could not do this with my hands. And I'm like, mom, put some makeup on me, please. There's visitors coming. <laughs> okay. She's like laughing at me, you know, but um, this is our relationship. <laughs> oh, amazing. Amazing. What about your caregivers in the hospital? Your doctors, your nurses? Yes. Just tell us more about them. Yeah, there's a few that stand out in particular. Um, I would say, so I'm going to work backwards uh, because the ones that are most recent in my head, there's one in particular uh, who I deal with now. Her name is Soon Hee, and she is from Hackensack University Medical Center. Um, she has been an angel to me. She's mm -hmm. from Korea. And we hit it off the first day. Um, I'll get into this in a little bit, but I, after four years of being cancer free, I wound up having a second diagnosis, which I'll, I'll talk on in a little bit. Um, but the reason I mentioned that is because I uh, have to continue to stay in a preventative treatment plan right now. And um, so when I go to the infusion center every month, I see this this woman soon he and she's been my nurse for the last three years. And I knew I liked her the first day because she brought me green tea ice cream. And um she's an artist. So she's an artist like me. She she drew me one day, she painted me one day. We take selfies on Snapchat. Um and she just she transports me because she allows me to not feel like I'm sick when I'm there. She just treats me like a human. Just anybody else. Yeah. 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 She's very special. That's amazing. So, That's amazing. She's, cool. she's become family, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we text each other. She came to my book signing. I, I released a poetry book in October. Um, and it's so funny. You said the name before. It's called The Show Must Go On. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's really you said that. So in October, I had a book signing at Broadway Dance Center where I teach in New York. And she was there. She was there at the book signing. I mean, this is the type of relationship I have with my with my care team. Um, and then amazing. Out, amazing. Yeah. If I had to point out like two others, um, the gentleman who actually froze my eggs, his name is Dr. Singer. Yeah. And we have an incredible, incredible friendship. Um, I'm working on writing a short film right now. And Amazing. 
he opened a private business. He used to work at Lenox Hill Hospital in New York, and he's one of the top uh, egg freezing doctors in the country right now. They call him the miracle doctor. Um, and he told me, he's like, if you ever need somewhere to film for your, your movies, you can come use my space. So he's like another one of my favorites. If anyone ever needs their eggs frozen in New York, Dr. Tomer here. Um, and then I would say Dr. Jeffrey Asherman from New York Presbyterian Hospital. Um, just such a gentle spirit, really gentle spirit. I'll never forget after I had that 15 hour surgery, I had a team of five, everyone else went home, everyone mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. And he stayed, he stayed and he did not leave the floor. And he specifically came back and my mom and my best friend slept on the floor that night. And he was coming around doing the rounds. Um, he just knew like I'd been through a lot and he stayed and he's still my doctor to this day. My insurance changed. None of my other doctors would keep me, but he kept me as his patient. So that does not happen in New York. <laughs> no, it does not. And that does not forget New York. I mean, it does not happen in general. I mean, a lot of people, you meet so many different types of people. Very few of them uh, change their lives like this by just being there. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Three though, like they really stand out for me. So oh, wow. I mean, during the treatment process there, I mean chemo would have been really hard on you, hard on your body. Um, tell us more about your chemotherapy and how they treated you and more on more of the treatment side of things. Yeah. Um, so chemo was it's not as bad as I thought it was gonna be. Okay. I will say that. Chemo was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, it is definitely an endurance race and not a sprint. Mm -hmm. um, I believe the hardest part about chemo was losing my hair. Um, I think most women would agree. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it, it keeps tying back to that identification process. Right. I, right. I wrote a poem in my book called I Am Not My Hair. And I think it really, it really just taught me, it taught me and it, it keeps teaching me even now, even five years later, it taught me about unlearning everything I was ever taught as a little girl and a woman. Um, and I, I know this is going to sound really weird, but I will always be thankful to my process for that. Um, I was not as nauseous through chemo as everybody says you will be. Mm -hmm. I really, didn't. um, but I was exhausted all the time. That's one thing that I will say. I was tired all the time, you know, little things that I learned, little tricks that I learned through chemo that helped me. Um, to this day, I always keep peppermint oil in my purse. I, I like natural things. I really like natural things that help the body. So like I always use peppermint oil on my wrist or on my neck. Um, I drink, uh, I drink mint tea, like mm. mint tea that helps yes. ginger, like mm. fresh ginger. That's something that really helped me through chemo. Um, and those are small things or like I have a diffuser in my room and I'll put 
fresh peppermint oil in there. So like the smell is very um, sensitive. I noticed when I was doing chemo, the palate, um, things like that. Uh, I changed my soaps, I changed my deodorants and I just, uh, I wanted to go more natural. Okay. You know, for the most part, I just noticed that I was really tired through chemo. And this is going to sound backwards, but the more tired I would get, the more I made it an effort to number one, work out, and number okay. two, and number two, check on other people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's surprising. I did not expect that. Okay, <laughs> how come though? How come? Because everything in my body would scream quit. And everything oh. in my brain would scream fire up. <laughs> <laughs> Those drugs really had something in them, I must say. <laughs> no, no. I think it's just, I really believe it's just my, I'm going to keep saying it. You're probably going to get tired of it by the end. But my my spirit, my spirit man was growing even though my body was failing. I was the same you know? on the lighter side. Yes, yes, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Romans 12.2 talks about um, renewing, renewing the mind daily, how we have to renew our mind every single day. And so every single day I was renewing my mind. And so no matter what my body felt, no matter how it felt and no matter how it looked, and most of the time it looked and felt horrible, like not how it looks and feels now. But back then it looked and felt horrible. And so I was like, okay, diet. We're talking about diet, right? Like tea, what I was drinking and what I was eating and stuff like that. And that's very important. But what was even more important was what I was putting into my mind. So I was putting a lot of scriptures into my mind, scriptures that were telling me things like, you're a masterpiece. You are more than a conqueror. You can do all things. So I was constantly feeding myself really positive reinforcements um, that all come from the word of God. And so I was, I was just loading myself up. And so the more I would tell myself these things, the more I was like, you know what? I'm not going to lay in bed. I'm going to get up and I'm going to do something. And anxiety, a lot of anxiety, because anxiety and depression kind of go together. I was like, anxiety comes from when we focus too much on ourself. I saw something so cool. The word anxiety, if you bring it in, the middle letter is I, if you circle it. Oh, okay. The middle letter of anxiety is I. So when I would feel anxious or I would feel depressed, I'm like, I'm focusing too much on my problems. And I'm focusing too much on just staying in this one spot. So I need to change my mind, change my heart, and change my feet. Because if if you really want to change, you just got to change your mind. And so I would get up. And most of the time, I tell you the truth, I could only walk to the corner and back. I would be exhausted after that. (laughs) But I would walk to the corner, I would get my mom or I would get my brother and we would walk to the corner and I would sit on the porch, you know, and maybe I would like, I like to write. So like I would write a card, I would write cards to people and just tell them, you know, like, I love you or like, I miss you. Or 
thank you for your donation. I had a lot of people donating to a GoFundMe at one point. Um, so it's like very small things. And I would send things out. And then slowly I was like, wow, I forgot that I even didn't feel good or I didn't look good because I wasn't thinking about me anymore. It's just a matter of perspective. It's just a matter of the right attitude. And I mean, we are the only ones who can control our mind. No Sorry, I can hear you. Can you hear me now? Perfectly. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was saying that it's just a matter of perspective. Right. It's just a matter of the right attitude. Right. And we're the ones who can only do something with our minds. Nobody else can come and do it for us. Right. Right. So the power lies with us. Right. It is us. We need to realize that we have it within us and make use of it. Right. Which you have done so beautifully. Thank you. At such a young age. At such a young age. And I give it so much. I give it so much up to you. You have taken the right steps. You have gone forth and you have conquered it. That's why we said cancer warrior, not even a survivor. You are a warrior. <laughs> wow, this is amazing. And it really, I, I'm so happy I'm getting to talk to you. I'm so energetic. I was looking so much forward to this. And it's just, so I myself, I'm an artist. So I completely understand. Yeah. I completely understand when you talk about dancing, when you're talking about singing and poetry writing. And yeah, it, it, I can relate a lot you myself. Your address after, I'm going to send you. <laughs> <laughs> please do, please do. Yeah, I yeah, will do that. Yeah. Also, um, what are the lessons learned after this entire experience? Oh, wow. wow. Could you There's... open our eyes to that? Yeah, lessons learned. Please. There's many um goodness well i would say that um we can't do it on our own that's that's huge that's huge i believe that for a very long time i was traveling in this this lane i was on the express train <laughs> um yeah i was on the express train and i was obsessed with being the best and i thought the best meant getting there fastest and um i thought the best meant getting to the top and it turns out that getting to the top and being the best and doing it fastest is really lonely mhm mm and I was doing really well in my career, like really well. Um, and I don't think that's why I got sick, by the way. I like to this day, I don't think that's why I got sick. Um, but there are some things we will never know in this life. It's not for us to know. Exactly, exactly. But nevertheless, I did, I did get diagnosed with a disease at a young age. And what I realized is that we need each other. We need each other. So true. That is so true. We think we can do it on our own, but we actually need each other. And I think that the strongest thing in the world, I think what really made a warrior out of me was coming to the end of myself. Coming to the very end of myself and, and, and hitting my knees 
and surrendering and actually looking up and saying, number one, number one, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, like I need you in my life. I need, I need you like I need air in my lungs. I need you like I need water. I need, I need you. Like I've never, I've never been in that situation where I was so afraid to die. And it's hard to explain to people how real God is until they've actually had an encounter. Because it sounds nice. It sounds like a cute story until you've actually been in a situation where you don't know if you're going to make it or not. Exactly. So that's, that was one. And that's in the spiritual world. But then in the natural world, I got into a position, like a really humble position, where I had to say, Mom, at 26... I need you to brush my teeth Mm -hmm. because I can't lift my hand. Caregiver, I need you to bathe me because I can't use my arms. Brother, I need you to tie my tennis shoes and walk me to the corner because there's a chance that I might get so dizzy I could fall. Um, Friend, I need you to feed me because I can't feed myself. Um, dance partner, I need you to help me tie my scarf and, you know, like hold it really tight because it might fall off. Um, gay friend, I need you to teach me where to buy my wigs at because you know better than me. Um, (laughs) and what I'm saying is that I have so much love in my heart for everyone in my life and there's a place for everyone in my life and there's there is a place for like there's a place for everyone there's a place for everyone um and i have love i just i love people like i really have a heart for people and i really have a heart for god and and god has just shown me his kindness and his mercy so much that my only, like, I feel honored to be on here today to share my story, but really I just feel proud of like the God in my story. And that's what I want to share with people. Cause definitely, definitely. Cause I love, I love him and I love people. And that's really the only thing I feel proud of, you know? So. Amazing. This has been amazing. Like you, you've, just showing me how much hope and inspiration and how much faith in God has gotten you to where you are today. And he's a healer. You know, he's a healer. The Bible says he's not a man that he should lie. He's -hmm. not a liar. You know, human beings, we lie sometimes. We lie. We make mistakes. But he's not a liar. And sometimes we think our healing is going to come like that. And so when we don't see it happen right away, we say, oh, must not be real. But that's what I'm talking about in the beginning. We have to speak to that mountain. We have to, even when we don't see it, even when we don't look good, even when we don't feel good, we have to keep on speaking, saying, nope, I'm healed by faith. My hair is growing back by faith. My body is strong by faith. I'm going to make it by faith. Why? Because 
my God loves me. That's it. And that's, it's that simple. And you're going to see how he's going to move. He's going to move in your life. And then he's going to move in the people around you. The type of love that I saw raise up and rise up in my friends and my family. I never had that type of love in my life. And, and that love, that type of love will heal. It will heal you from the inside out. Wow. It will literally, it heals you from the inside out. And like the way that I feel today, I say this and I really mean it. Even if, and I hope I don't, but even if something were to happen to me tomorrow, mm-hmm. I would be okay because I know that the type of love that I've experienced has been like having a little piece of heaven on earth. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. You, you were so lucky to be able to have that. Let me just say, not a lot of people are lucky enough. Not a lot of people get through to the other side. Not a lot of people see the other, see it with such perspective. And this viewers watching this would definitely take so much of inspiration coming out from you. So much inspiration, so much of positivity, so much of how much God, how much people, how much, in the end of the day, how much you changed as a person to be adapt to adapt to the situation that you were in and do, do, there's no right or wrong per se. Everyone is in a situation. It's how they manage it. It's how they get through to the other side. Right. I mean, the cancers of different types, people can get it anywhere, anytime, right. at any place. And there, there's, there's so much research going on. We, we don't even know so many answers. Like you said before, we don't need to know a lot of the answers. Maybe they'll come in the generations to come. We won't even be there to right. see them, to, to know them. And we should just be thankful that we're present and we're here at a right. time like this. And at this time, we got the best. Right. Right. At this time. Right. Yeah. And, and all of us have a purpose, you know, I think that's another lesson that I really learned um, that I want to, that I want to stress. All of us have a purpose. Sometimes I have questioned even now. um, And I think this is a really good transition. I've questioned now, like, what is my purpose right now being in the infusion center still? right? Because it's like, wait, I thought my journey was over with cancer. I thought that you only have to go through something this hard once in your life. Well, turns out wrong. After I was cancer-free for four years and I wrote about it because I mentioned that I, I had a bit of difficulty being physical at some times, it was very up and down. I was always, I was always walking. I was always, and it started as one block. Then it went as two, then it went as three, then it went as four. I built up, I built up my strength. After a few months, I started dancing again. So I built up my strength, but I'm telling you all this because one of the things that really helped me other than praying and working out, and those two were top of the list and having family around I was always writing. Writing and journaling is a really 
really helpful tool. Let it out. Let it out. And it's a judgment-free zone. It's a zone where you can say whatever you want. And at the end, you can even rip it up and burn it because there's a transference of energy. (laughs) Just let it go. Let it go. Let it out. Let it go. Let it out. Let it go. And God forbid you say something that's not positive or negative, burn it, whatever. It's gone. It's gone. But I was writing this poetry book for like three years. Mm. And finally on year number four, I Mm. decided to publish it. Three days after publishing it, three days after publishing it, I feel a lump under my arm. I said, oh, no, 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 not again. But this time I knew what to do. This time I knew what to do because I said, I know, I know how to speak to my mountains. I know that I know right away because I've been studying now. I've been studying about healing quite a mm-hmm. bit the last few years. So as soon as I felt it, I touched it. I said, no, I rebuke this. This is not supposed to be in my body. I was like, in Jesus' name, you have to get out. I'm like yelling at my body. I'm talking to my body. So I'm like, I sound crazy, right? But whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm like having a full-blown conversation with my body. I talk to my body all the time. Like Mm -hmm. we're very good friends. So (laughs) I love that. I love that. Yes. So I'm talking to my body. I go to the doctor. He does the bone scan. A few days later, he calls me. He says, do you have someone with you? Now, as soon as I hear that, sounds like 2015 again, right? Yeah. I said, oh, Lord, not again. So I go in with my mom, but this time I'm prepared. This time I feel like mentally strong. I'm thinking it's my armpit. He says, Olivia... I don't want you to worry about your armpit. The cancer has spread. It's metastasized all over your bones. Um, it's in your armpit. It's in your pelvis. There's a region in your chest that looks like it could be going close to your lungs, to your liver, possibly by your heart. And there's an 11 centimeter tumor on your spine in the bones. Oh my God. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> I couldn't even look at my mother. I could not even look at her. It was like you could hear a pin drop on the floor. And I just, I just sat there. I was frozen. I was completely frozen. And it was the first time in four years that I felt defeated for a moment like because I felt like god what like what happened like I thought I was doing well I thought we were getting somewhere yeah I thought I was doing well like I I pray every day I drink my green juice every day I I check on people every day I I meditate I I stopped drinking. I, <laughs> you know, like I, I got baptized. I lead the youth Bible study. You know, like I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm good, right? Like, like, like as if our good works, like being a good person, is supposed to give you an easy life. 
Mm -hmm. And I just sat there and I was just frozen. And I looked at my mom and I said, I don't receive this. And she goes, what? And I said, I don't receive this. Let's go. She goes, what are you talking about? I said, I don't receive this. Let's go. We're walking in the car. She's looking at me like I have five heads. Mm -hmm. She goes, are you in denial? I said, no, I'm not in denial. I said, I don't receive this. Let's go. So we're walking to the car. I'm crying the whole way to the car. Like, like there's tears running down my face and not the cute kinds. I'm talking about the ugly tears, like where you're <laughs> like when you're bubbling and like it's not <laughs> at all. And I'm crying. And the whole way to the car, I'm like, I'm just, I can't even talk, can't look at her. We finally get to the house. She's like, What do you mean you don't receive this? I said, Mom, I said, I know, I know for a fact that God did not get me off of one mountain to bring me here again. And I said, we have to make a decision right now, you and I, because I moved home when all this started back in 2015. So I'm, I live with my mother. Yeah. I said, we have to make a decision right now, you and I. I said, because the power of agreement is everything. And I said, and if you don't stand with me in agreement right now, I said, this is never going to work. And I said, there is the facts and there is the truth. And I said, the fact is that there is cancer all over my body, all over. And there is a three-year life expectancy on the diagnosis that they just gave me. That is the fact. I said, the truth, the truth is that I have enough faith for the both of us. I said, that is my truth. I said, the truth is that there are over thousands and thousands and thousands of promises in the Bible that say that I am healed, that I am well, that I am whole, that I am loved, that I am more than a conqueror, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I said, but you know what it doesn't say? It doesn't say anywhere in that book that I have cancer. It doesn't say anywhere in that book that I have three years to live. It doesn't say anywhere in that book that I'm going to die. Actually, it says, I will not die, but I will live. I said, that is my truth. That is my truth. And that is the only truth I will ever speak. I said, so either we will agree on that or we don't. I said, and I need to know right now. And she closed her eyes and we prayed. And she said, I don't receive that report either. And we ripped it up. We ripped it up and we threw it in the trash. And I said, that does not mean that I will not be obedient to the doctor. I will always be obedient to the doctor. I will do the treatments. I will go to the doctor. I will follow their instructions. But let's be very clear. There is a natural world and there is a spiritual world. And the spiritual world is supernatural. This mm -hmm. is important. There is natural and there is supernatural. And we have the right, we have the right to believe in the supernatural. Exactly, yeah. 
we have the, where do you think faith and hope and love come from? First Corinthians 13, 13 says faith, hope, and love. And the most important of all is which one? Love. Love. And in that moment, my mom gave me all of her love, all of it, all of it. And when I felt that love from her and I felt that we were standing on the promise, we were standing on the promise of God. That wasn't a made up promise. That was the promise of God. And I had my mother's love to seal it. I was like, that's it. That's it. That's all I'm going to speak. So I went back. I went back to the doctor a week later. I said, doc, do what you got to do. I did 10 rounds of radiation in 10 days. Mm -hmm. It shrunk things, but it didn't go away. It did not go away. They put me on hormonal chemotherapy. They told me you're going to be on a lifelong treatment plan. I said, okay, whatever you have to do, I will do. Three months later, my church took me on a trip to Israel. And this is the last part of this story because I know it's getting long, but this is really important. Yeah, I'm listening. Please tell me. I went to Israel. I went to Jerusalem. And in January, when I went to Jerusalem, it was a 10-day trip. It was the first time in five years I've ever come off of all my medicine, ever. I've never done that. But I got, I got a word like from the Holy Spirit, and it told me, you really need to just fast and give your body a break for 10 days. And I fasted like I was eating, but I, I was fasting from my medication, from social media, from everything. I just dedicated myself to like prayer and like everything like that. Um, a lot of water, a lot of veggies, a lot of fruit and just, just praying and that's it. And when I was there, I started reading some, uh, some scriptures about forgiveness because I feel like I've always had faith, but forgiveness. And it talked about how forgiveness is one of the biggest things linked to our healing. And I, I thought to myself, like, wait a minute, I've, I, I don't think I need to forgive anyone. Like, I'm pretty sure like I've forgiven everyone. Like, you know, people do things over our life and like you forgive them. But then I started thinking about it. Like, have I forgiven everyone in my life? Have I actually really forgiven every person in my life? And I was thinking from like the littlest things, like, I mean, like people who have like borrowed things from me, like a shirt and never given it back all the way down to relationships I had been in with like men I had loved. And there weren't that many, but there were a couple men who I really loved who really hurt me. And I'm sure I hurt them too. <laughs> you know, the good love stories are always like a little crazy. Everybody has those, not to worry. Everybody has those, yeah. And I really was like, wait a minute. Have I forgiven myself? Have I forgiven myself for like putting myself through all of this? Yeah. Through all of this. You know, being, I, I was, I was in a relationship with somebody who I'm, I wasn't supposed to be with that person. And it was during my cancer journey, you know? Um, and it's because I needed love. Mm. I wanted love. I needed love. We all need love. We all do. We all do. <laughs> and, and I would say, this is my final lesson. Just make sure that the love that you let in is a healthy love 
and not, not an attention love. Um, sometimes we confuse attention with value. Very true. Very true. And I was so hungry for that hug to be someone else instead of me or instead of my mom, because sometimes we just need, (laughs) (laughs) you know, yeah. And I really didn't have too much else to offer at that time, but I needed, I needed to be hugged. And, um, I tell you all this to say that I sat under that tree and I cried for like 20 minutes because I said, Oh my goodness, I haven't forgiven myself. And I felt something break, break in my body. It felt like a chain dropping off of me. That's the only way I can explain it. It was very intense. I felt a chain drop off of me and I cried and cried and cried for about 20 minutes. And I stood up and I said, Oh my God, I'm healed. I'm healed. And I I went running over to my pastor and I said, pastor, I'm healed. And he goes, okay. (laughs) And, and (laughs) I got on the plane. We flew back to the States the next day, about a month later, they did the scans and sure enough, everything was gone. My scans, scans were completely clean. And um, the crazy part about that is that whole experience happened in the Garden of Gethsemane in Israel. And I don't know if you, you know about the Garden of Gethsemane, but that's, yeah, that's, the, yeah, that's the garden where Jesus prayed when he was the most scared right before he went to get crucified. Five, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it was just, it was a crazy experience for me to be there um, in that same garden you know, and, and to have that experience. And, uh, so that's why I say, you know, it's as much as it's my story, you know, and, and, and he'll use anyone, God will use anyone. I always say he's not looking for perfect people. He's just looking for available people. If, if you'll open up your heart and your mind to, to, to the word of God and, and to the power of, of Jesus and the Holy spirit, like, he just wants to have a relationship with us. And that's why I say for me, it's never been about religion per se, because religion really has to do with like telling us what to do versus a personal relationship um, has to do with what I just explained, which is like a personal encounter. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's really what God is after. He's after our heart. So amazing. Yes, definitely. I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was an amazing trip. Um, I came back, my doctor was like, this is a miracle. Um, (laughs) And now at this point, they still have me on a preventative treatment, which means I go every month to get injections um, at the fusion center. I take pills every day Okay. um, and I do scans every three months. Um, And that's pretty much my process right now. Wow, you've been on a roller coaster. Yes, ups and downs, and ups and downs. And it's amazing. It's amazing. Like even while listening to it, I had the the entire picture of it in my head, like of how you went through what you went through. Wow. And through all of this, um, how did you manage with personal life and work life, and how did that go through? 
Um, I would just say, you know, I really took it all one day at a time. Um, thankfully I've, I've been able to teach, uh, throughout this whole process, um, barring, you know, the surgeries, like when I would have surgeries, I had to take time off now with COVID-19, it's totally different. I'm teaching virtually now. So I teach online, no different than what I'm doing with you. Um, (laughs) crazy. Um, so yeah, I teach on zoom for the most part, um, with the, with the book, um, right before radiation, I was able to do 10 book signings. Um, so the book has been going well. I'm working on getting it into, to hospitals right now. The goal is to, to have the book get into hospitals. Amazing. Amazing. Wow. Uh, so that we can get it to patients, and I'm I'm actually working on the audio book now as well, so that people can listen to it. Um, mm. And then I do a podcast also called the Live Strong Podcast. So amazing! I mean, you yourself are reaching out in so many different ways. Wow, you're using all the podiums given to you. I mean, that's that's really amazing to tell your story and. Um, Considering what you do, you have gone above and beyond. Just like right after this experience, you've gone above and beyond, like really. And that I think is coming directly from the changed person you've become. Thank you. Yeah, it is. It is amazing. Wow. Wow. (laughs) I've got so much to tell my parents over call about this. (laughs) There's just so much. Anyway, I just hope that whoever's watching this video and whoever's seeing what they're seeing sees such an amazing person that you've become right out of this experience. I mean, no one asks for it. Cancer comes to anybody. It happens to anybody. And Again, like I said before, not a lot of people are lucky. Not a lot of people go through. Everybody has their own journey. And Olivia here, thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for taking the time out, for being here, for talking your story, for being the person that you are, basically. You keep inspiring us like no other person does. You keep inspiring. You keep doing what you do. More power to you. And I mean... From my team here at Zen Onco and Love Heals Cancer, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you absolutely, so much. Absolutely. Can I read you guys one quick poem? Oh, please. I... Oh, please. Please do. Please do. Please. This is one, my, it's one of my favorite ones. It's from, um, so it's from The Show Must Go On. Yeah. And it's actually the last poem and it's called It's Never Too Late. Okay. Um, and I just think this is a great way to close out. So. Please do, please do. (laughs) It's never too late to give. It's never too late to try. It's never too late to live. Her heart whispered, I'm not ready to die. It's never too late to dream. It's never too late to seem like more than what you are. So she set her sights up far. It's never too late to hope. It's never too late to joke. I could use a laugh or two. I've cried until my tears are through. It's never too late to love. It's never too late for hugs. Touch me till the pain is gone. I've been traveling for so long. 
It's never too late for wine. It's never too late to make time. Throw a record on that takes me away, reminds me to smile and makes me stay. It's never too late to forgive the past. It's never too late to remove the mask. It's never too late to say I need help. It's never too late to feel what I felt. It's never too late to start over again. It's never too late because the author's my friend. It's never too late because God is always on time. It's never too late to say, hello, sunshine. Oh, my God. Wow. So. <laughs> beautiful. That is just beautiful, just like yourself. <laughs> yeah. So, that's basically, like, kind of what, what the book is about. It's just, um, you know, it's never, it's never too late. It's never too late to just basically say you know we don't we don't have it all together we do need each other and love heals all oh, wow you're actually quoting us <laughs> yeah it shows that no matter even if we're on the other side of the world we've never even met before but um our hearts are connected oh yes definitely yeah. definitely <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Olivia. It's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. And like I said before, more power to you. I Strength is already there. I don't even have to wish you that. You're full of strength. You're full of, I mean, positivity. And there's so much energy in you. Like you said in the beginning, I'm feeling it till here. So there's no distance at all between us. It's just, yeah, you're on TV, but okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Olivia. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and kudos to you. I can never even um, imagine what you must have gone through, but you pulled it off like a star. That you are. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks a lot.